and I'm your host, Jordan. And I'm Colin. Grab a cocktail and have a seat while we talk about some crime and our crippling depression. Uh, switched it up on everybody. Plot twist. Wait, I'm on the left. <laughs> we, we had to switch sides <laughs> because um, I needed to charge my laptop. So I was like, since you're sitting on that side, now you got to do the opening. What's your depression this week? Um, I feel like I had something, but I can't remember. Give me a second. Let me load on that. You go first. Mine is just I'm moody and I'm very blah. Like nothing specific, but just everything at the same time. So like that's the vibe, you know? Period. I would say mine is just that I'm still recovering from said cold that everybody can hear in last episode. Probably sound like I ran a fucking marathon right before we started recording. Um, This is not... It's supposed to be a themed. It's technically a themed episode. This is Dan Quillen's episode, who Woo! should have been featured on the episode before this. Uh, stay tuned. Um, she picked both of our cases. She did not pick a cocktail, though. And this will be our second time doing a fan case. And Jordan is going to be taking it away. So I'm not going to be like Colin, and I'm going to remember to tell you what we're drinking. They are Seagram's. And I'm personally offended because they used to be 5% alcohol. And now they are 3.2. Anywho. I'm just offended that they don't sell just like a fucking whole ass case of the coconut flavored ones because they're my shit. They know like they would just be tired of looking at blue all day. Like nobody else wants the other ones except for me. So like, you know, then I'd be pissed off. But it's all good. So I'm covering the case of Brittany Locklear. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and jump right into it. Um, Brittany was born on October 14th, 1992. Um, her nickname was Little Brittany, and it was given to her by her classmates and teachers at her local school. She was the youngest kindergartner in a class, but had a really big personality and was very independent. She was known to always smile, and she loved to give hugs. Um, she was reported very often to always be late to class, because she would hug everyone as she went down the hallway. Like, every teacher or student she liked, oh, she would so stop cute. and give them a hug in the morning. So she was typically late to class, but for a good reason. And she's also a little kid, so it makes it even cuter. She was a member of the Lumbee tribe, which resides primarily in North Carolina, and was enamored with Pocahontas and Barney. Brittany wanted to be a pilot when she grew up, and she also had a younger sister who was around, I believe, one years old when this happened, that she loved. Um, on the morning of Wednesday, January 7th, 1998, Brittany and her mother stood at the bus stop waiting for her to be picked up and taken to school. That morning, Connie woke up at 6.30 to get Brittany ready for school. She was dressed in a green and white t-shirt, green coveralls, and a green and pink tennis shoes. When it was time to leave the house, Connie had Brittany put on her red riding hood jacket. Um, her stop was at the end of their driveway on Ganey Road in Hope County. Brittany was going to be stunting on all of them. She really said pink and green all the way. I like her little hair ties were even pink tale. and green. Like her mom reports like that the outfit was basically matching. Like she liked to match. That's so it's so very cute. cute. While they were stood outside, Brittany's mom ran inside because she had to pee, and they were right at the end of the driveway, and there were other parents around, so she didn't think anything of it. Um, and when she came back, five-year-old Brittany was gone. She initially thought that Brittany had just gotten on the school bus and went to school, but her neighbor, Rose Johnson, ran over to let her know that her husband saw a man take Brittany. Connie did not believe this, so she decided to head to the school and see, which is completely understandable as a parent, like, in denial. You know? Yeah, but I still would have at least called the cops. But like, this was also a different time, though. Yeah. Keep that in mind as well. When people would just leave their doors unlocked. Yes, this is a different... And this or... is like rural North Carolina as well. Yeah. This is... Actually, I think it's a little pit. A little pit. 
a little bit past like Fayetteville area, if I'm remembering correctly. Okay. Like so, it's it's over there. It's not too out there, but it's not like um like a big city part of North Carolina. When she arrived at Hoke Elementary School, she was informed Brittany was not there, and Connie immediately called the police, only to find out that her neighbors had reported at 7 a.m. a light-skinned man in a maybe browner red pickup truck. Um, he stopped quickly getting out and grabbing her and then driving off. The news had spread around the town, and by 9 a.m., law enforcement sadly found Brittany's clothes on a dirt road about two miles away from her house. And new speculation occurred if it was targeted or random because of the close proximity, so they were wondering if it was a neighbor with someone else's car, people who knew her from the school and were coming after her. Um, and the following day, Brittany was found nude on a roadside drainage ditch three miles away from her house. That poor baby. So she was right there. Um, her autopsy showed signs of sexual assault and that she drowned to death in the drainage ditch. DNA evidence was taken to the SBI laboratory for processing, and the police began to look at registered sex offenders in a 50-mile radius because they assumed they had to know the area to be able to dodge them. Okay. So... They believe that she was taken straight to the crime scene after her abduction, and the police interviewed many witnesses but were unable to get a distinct description of the color of the truck or the suspect because it was so fast. They, like, sped in and sped out because she, like, she was at the end of her driveway, which was our bus stop, so it's not like he had to get out and walk far. He pulled up, snatched her, and ran. That's fucking crazy, though. Yeah. Um, and this is also before ring doorbells, too, so it's straight off witness testimony. Mm -hmm. There were many tips, but sadly, none lend anywhere, and the police interviewed many witnesses, but were unable... Wow. I just reread that sentence. So sorry. There were many tips, but sadly, none led anywhere. Cecil and one of the searchers in the case said in an interview, it was planned, well planned, because it happened... Bam, bam, bam. So, obviously, they're changing so their mindset. So, I feel like he was probably, like, stalking the neighborhood for a while. For sure. Like the, or the victim that he thought would be the easiest or his favorite, I guess. Yeah. Um, it all happened so fast and less than three miles from her house. I feel like it had to be planned because he knew exactly where to go and what time to not get caught in the act. Like, there's no way he just casually was driving through the neighborhood and found her. Like, that is, like... And just happened little, to pull up the oh, second. Oh, just coincidentally, she's here. Let's do this. Like, that, I don't feel like that is what happened at all. In 2003, investigators got a break in the case. A firefighter named Keith Longdare, 44, in Fort Bragg was arrested for bank robbery. And they found a photo of Brittany in his locker at the fire station because obviously they went through a shit. So, a little, little weird. Investigators never really tell how they found this out or why it was there. Like, obviously they went in his stuff because they had to, but... There was no explanation on the photo on Brittany, um, what they did afterwards, basically, how they cleared him, but he wasn't involved, um, and his DNA wasn't a match as well. But that's fucking weird that he yeah, had a picture like you, of her. Yeah, like, there was no explanation if, like, he knew somebody who knew something, if he had it there to be like, hey, have you seen her? Do yeah, you know maybe anything he was, like, emotionally her? invested, I yeah, guess. Yeah, and... you know, that is a, that's a little girl, mm -hmm. you know? Like, that's rough. So they didn't explain any of that, but... Who knows? But obviously he was later cleared and it was reported in a newspaper. And it was reported later on that it was a newspaper clipping picture that he had. So it wasn't okay. like a Kodak printed out picture. It was so from probably the paper. was him like saying, a personal. Like, have you heard about this case? Yeah, that's Make at sure least what I'm hoping up. for my sake. Me too. Um, he later died at the age of 59 though um and the only other break in the case was in january 2015 when hope county sheriffs announced that they had enough dna to get a genetic profile of the killer and 
Brittany's mother, Connie, is very outspoken for her daughter's case, and there's currently a $20,000 reward for information leading to the arrest of her killer. Um, the reason why I'm sure that Dan Quillen picked this case is because we are in North Carolina. Absolutely. Um, so the North Carolina State Bureau of Investigation, um, they are still looking for tips. They want this to not be a cold case anymore. Um, and if you have any information, please reach out to 1-800-324-3000. This little girl does not deserve to just be fucking drowned in a drainage ditch after being assaulted at all. Like, she, her killer needs to be found. Absolutely. So if anybody knows anything, make sure you say something. Yes. And um, there's some statistics that I found as well while I was looking on her case, and okay. she is... Um, from a native tribe that the CDC did report that indigenous women and girls are murdered at a 10 times higher rate than any other ethnicity with murder being their third highest cause of death. Absolutely. So not only just as she's a child, but solely for the statistics alone, like if you know something, please say something. Don't be scared of that person. Like her family deserves answers. And I also read somewhere too, that her mom Connie doesn't like that they use her in like political races um, to be like, oh, well, to be like, oh, we're going to look for Britney's killer, you know, as like a motive or as a way of being like, we're going to stop crime so this doesn't happen again. Like, they use that to like get voted in for office. Like, that's, in North that's how her reporting made it sound. Now, I didn't personally go ahead and look and see who these people were running and how they went about it. Okay, that's fucked up, though. But still, you don't get to, like... I mean, unless it was in a positive way, like, hey, let's get crime reduced in the city, but mm-hmm. if her mother does not like that then they shouldn't be doing that as well with her case her case should be taken more serious and actually spoken about if they're going to use it that way with her permission and you don't get to use someone else's detriment for your benefit yes but um but it is reported that her family is doing fine and her little sister grew up knowing who she was and you know it's just a very sad but seriously if you have any information please reach out she deserves to have her killer recognized. Even if he's dead now, at least we'll know who it was. Yes. But that's the end of my case. It's very sad. Made me cry. That is very sad. Looking it up. It was very hard to read. Um, there was a lot in news articles that have been done out in Hope County. Um, a lot of the investigators have like said their piece on it, and they were very emotionally attached to it as well. So I definitely say go ahead and read some of those papers, because what they say is like really to heart, but I didn't want to make everybody cry today. So I'm good at uh, being emotionally detached from things. So I wish I I'm, could relate. <laughs> even if I'm feeling feelings, I don't cry. Unless when I cry, we've officially hit meltdown status. So I'm like, once again, we're recording around my period of time. So I showed my mom a video of um, Pugs the other day. It was Pugs in cute little outfits. And I fucking sobbed the whole time. So if that tells you where I'm at and why this case I did not delve deep in either. I mean, I dug deep, but I didn't like give you every investigator's piece. Like, yeah. It's, uh, so it was when, very emotional. When I see videos of people who are, it's like their dog's last day and they get take them, get their nails done, get them a spa day and everything the day that they're going to get them put down. Those things make me sob every fucking time. But that's like, that's my weak spot. You know what? Add this to my why I'm depressed. I totally forgot about it because I just trauma blocked it. Today, there was a dead turtle. It had a hole in its oh, shell. No. Yeah, poor baby. And then some kid was coming into the bank and he ran it over with his car and like super murdered it and it was like smushed into the drainage ditch and we had already called for like at least animal rescue to come and get it because we didn't know if it was dead or not because it was snapping turtle so we weren't going to touch it yeah and then Uh he like homicided it and came into the bank like nothing 
I had a look at a turtle killer. Yeah, it's not good. I would have been very upset. Yes. But anyway, Colin, take it away with your stuff. Okay. So, actually, before I even get into my case, I want to talk about something that I saw on TikTok today, and I meant to talk about it at the beginning of the episode. So there's a TikToker. His name is Ken. <gasps> I wanted to talk about him, too, but I was going to talk about him at the end. Uh, well, I, I beat love her to his it. work. So he's currently, it appears that there is a serial killer in Chicago. And the in, police and investigators, forgive me, um, police and investigators haven't been looking into it as much as they should. His name, yeah, his at is literally just Ken. Ken. And he has put together an entire map on TikTok of all the different locations that people have gone missing where bodies have washed up in the river and it appears that they are targeting young men but there also have been women that have gone missing and essentially cars are pulling up asking what appears to be drunk people if they need a ride and acting as if they're like an uber or something like that and then there have been people one lady even given gave an account of her husband being roofied and waking up in a field, so maybe, like, he was an unsuccessful murder, or I'm not entirely sure what's going on, but he has seen the person twice, because they have offered him a ride twice, and there was someone else that he just shared the other day, I saw it today, who also was offered a ride, and the guy said that he had, like, a video he took after the fact, but he remembers the person's face, maybe, so anybody who's interested in something like that, or has information and would like to reach out, get a hold of Ken on TikTok because he will reply. He will add whatever location it is to the map so that way something can get done. And so, again, anybody who knows anything or lives in the Chicago area, do not get in the cars with strangers, first of all. Like, especially if it's an unmarked car and you don't see the Uber, Lyft, whatever, rideshare sign on that vehicle, do not get into it because it is very dangerous. And always make sure someone knows where you're at, even if you are leaving by yourself at least. Like, whether you're on FaceTime or on the phone, let someone know where you're going, when you're supposed to be back home, and when you need to reach back out. So that way, in the event something happens, that someone can immediately contact the authorities. So another thing, too, is he's... So he's really the only person who's doing investigative work on it as well. He has been getting reports of it happening in other states, so he does not know at this time if it is kind of like people that actually are part of the rideshare that are like um kind of like an underground group that are communicating to each other or sadly if this is just happening in multiple areas um he did have a few reports i believe from like illinois and texas i know he's talking to a pi out in texas as well i think that was today i saw an update that he was speaking with them um because they did just unfortunately find another body okay so he's reaching out it's it's kind of everywhere so just be safe don't ride with strangers sadly nothing is safe anymore just yeah be careful out there always just, have your location on i was gonna say i just know that he like there's lots of bodies washing up out of oh, the chicago oh for sure yeah right chicago now. is definitely the hot spot and where his focus is but he is looking into people's reports of the same incidents happening in other states so mm. but it's very central kind of america area like it's not really south of chicago it's like over and down. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so if anybody knows vigilant. anything, make sure you say something. And then anybody who happens to be listening just from even if you're in North Carolina or whatever, don't get in the cars with strangers and stay safe. Let Make sure someone knows where you're at. But anyways, I'm going to be covering um, the case of Jesse McBain and Patricia Mann. This is also in North Carolina. So Jesse McBain, he was 19 was a student at North Carolina State University. 
His fiance and high school sweetheart was 20-year-old Patricia Mann, who was a nursing student. On February 12, 1971, Jesse wanted to take Patricia to a Valentine's dance that was being held at the Watts Hospital in Durham, North Carolina. How far is Durham from here? Because I've never been. Shit, it's like, I think a little bit outside of Raleigh. Okay, so I like don't know, probably not that far out, yeah. An hour. I'm also really bad at geography. Yeah, me too. I'm not I the best person for this, but I think I'd say at least like three, four hours. Okay. Can, especially considering 40 traffic. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, three, four hours. Okay, so Jesse and his brother, they had shared a vehicle, and it wasn't Jesse's turn to use it, but they made a deal to swap days so he could take Patricia to the dance. Okay, I very overshot. It is two hours and 16 minutes from where we're located thank you for the clarification you're very welcome i do what i can for the people mm-hmm. investigative journalism real hero. right here in jordan the for president thank you Woo! <laughs> that was the audience Woo! they went to the dance and then walked into patricia's dorm so they so she could sign out for the evening the dorm had a curfew but it was extended to 1 a.m that evening to mm. account for the dance oh that's fair the two then took the car to a secluded lover's lane for some private time oh hell yeah yeah absolutely yeah, been there done that um the next day her roommates noticed that she had not returned oh no so patricia always followed the rules and jesse would never push her to do anything out against her moral code top to your boyfriend always respect boundaries we love a king mm-hmm the friends called hospitals, filed a missing persons report, and checked Patricia's regular hangout spots. Jesse's car was then located in the lover's lane. The doors were locked, and everything looked kept up in the vehicle like nothing out of place. And the police later discovered that the car had been wiped down of any fingerprints. The first thought was that the pair had eloped and ran off. For two weeks, though, the police searched the area consistently, running into dead ends on... February 25th, 1971, a surveyor working in a heavily wooded area thought he saw mannequins. First of all, it's never a mannequin, except for like the one in a thousand chance that it is a mannequin. It's usually not a mannequin. He saw legs sticking out of a pile of leaves, but once he got closer, he realized it was human remains. They were found several miles from the lover's lane, and police believed that they were abducted from the vehicle taken to the secluded area and tortured to death oh my fucking god yeah it's awful they were tied to the tree with backs to the bark um with rope also around their head and necks they were slumped down and it is believed that they were strangled to death with the killer strangling them letting go strangling them letting go repeatedly and patricia had injuries that were it led them to believe she was either punched kicked or stomped their shoes were covered in mud with little troughs where their feet were thrashing and then the couple was also stabbed several times and then oh investig- my fucking god yeah it's absolutely horrible investigators believe that the crime was planned do they think it was more than one person i'm sorry to jump ahead but like what the fuck? no uh i don't think there was they thought it was more than one person i think it was just like one person they maybe got they held them at, at gunpoint or something i'm not sure how it all went holy down holy shit okay i'm sorry to interrupt you're good um, they believe that the killer knew the victims to some degree and mm. the killer knew the area as well because the victims were found in what was considered another lover's lane. There was mm. some jurisdiction confusion because the couple was found on the line of Orange County and Durham. The Orange County Police Department, Durham Police, SBI, and the FBI were all working on the case. But well, the problem good. was that the agencies were not cooperating with one another. So they were working on it independently. Dude, stop having a fucking 
dick fight. Yeah, literally. Like, get your shit together. It's and not just a fucking, pissing contest. All in this together. <laughs> For real. Um, yeah, so they weren't sharing information with each other. And among the suspects, though, the most promising was a doctor that worked at the Watts Hospital. I think that's the same place that Patricia was going to school because she was a nursing student. Mm-hmm. Um, no arrests were ever made. And then in 2011, Tim Horn, who works with the Orange County Sheriff's Department, discovered a box of discarded evidence. And I don't know what that means. Like, did someone just decide that the evidence wasn't worth it? And it did, I couldn't... To me, like, whenever there's discarded evidence, it's just, like, lost or put to the side, like... And just forgotten, forgotten about, about, basically. Like, out of like, sight, discarded. out of mind. Yeah. That's at least what it's meant every time I've heard it before, but who knows in this case, like... Or, sadly, sometimes it's hidden on purpose and it's discarded. Okay, that makes sense. I don't know. So, with the help of Patricia's cousin, they were able to reopen the case. He pulled in all original investigators and collected evidence from all the agencies. The only remaining living suspect was the doctor, who is now in his 80s, and they reached out to request DNA from him, to which he declined and requested his attorney. And I'm just saying, anyone who's ever, like, if you deny giving DNA in a case when it comes to something like this, I just automatically assume that you're guilty because, like, oh, why for wouldn't sure. you want to be connected? Oh, for sure, but also at the same time, 100% deny that shit and get a fucking attorney. Like, get an because attorney? Because they can take anything against you. Like, have your attorney before you give that DNA. Yes, but I like, also believe, like, why wouldn't you just willingly give DNA? Because if you're innocent, like... I mean, they could use it for anything else, so you willingly gave it to them. You know what I mean? Really? They can compare it to anything. Oh, okay. You know? Well. I don't know. Give your DNA, but get your attorney. But do it with your attorney's (laughs) permission. But Um, do it. So, I put in here, the podcast, The Long Dance, um, Mm -hmm. they have uncovered evidence and suspects. It is a deep dive into the case. And I just found it today, because I'm a research the day of ass bitch. And so that's why I tend to be lacking in research sometimes. And I would love to have the free time to do more. However, I am going to spend this week listening to that podcast because there's only eight episodes. And I'm going to see what other additional information I can come back with and hopefully hit everybody with that next week. Um, but Horn believed that the DN- they could extract DNA from the ropes tied around the victims using an MVAC. It is a wet vacuum machine that is able to acquire DNA from difficult surfaces but in 2018, the machine was unable to gather enough DNA from the ropes. The case remains open with no arrests made. But again, you can contact the Orange County Sheriff's Department at 919-644-3050. If you have any information, please, if you know something, say something. Uh, even if you think it's small, like, oh, this is an irrelevant tip, always call it in and say it. Because that little, that little piece that you don't think is significant could be the thing that leads to an arrest and someone getting justice. And then I want to say thank you to um, Under the Ash Tree on YouTube because that is where I got a lot of my information. Mm -hmm. They did a little video on it and um, that was helpful. And then I also got a lot of my information from the newsoforange.com, which I'm assuming is just literally the news website for Orange County. That's basically where I got my information was the papers for Hope County as well. so. So... Very local. Both Dan Quillen like to hit us with unsolved shit, unfortunately. And I hope that both of these victims, well, three of these victims, get justice at some point because they do deserve it. For sure. And, uh, if you like the show, first of all, send it to someone that likes true crime right now. Please and thank you. 
He's pointing. He means business. Period. Uh, <laughs> word of mouth <laughs> is the best way for us to get spread out. So share a link. Um, I'm going to put a link to our website in the description as well as, well, our website has every app that we are able to be streamed on as well as the Podbean website. It's free to listen on and the Podbean app is free as well, but we're on several other things. The big ones being Spotify, Apple podcasts, either way. And then if you enjoy the show and you'd like to support the show, cause we are independent. So all of this is coming straight from us. We do have a Patreon. We will also put the link in the description for that. There are, three tiers the first one being a dollar which you will have access to bonus content and i promise this week there's for those that are already subscribed there's going to be content the second tier is five dollars a month where you get access to bonus content and i wanted to do like a drunk advice segment but so far no one's interested in that so i don't know if we might need to workshop something or if we just need to like get enough people listening that decide they want that said drunk anonymous advice but to be continued whether or not that happens and then we have the $15 a month tier where you get access to that drunk advice should your heart so desire as well as you can pick a case uh, episode topic a cocktail or all of the above should your heart so desire and Jordan you got anything to add at the end no just that you look beautiful today you got a new haircut you snazzy as hell um, looking fine well Business in the front, party in the back action. No, it's more party in the front right now than and business in yeah, the back. The but eventually it'll be the, the opposite. It will be party everywhere. More so in the back though, eventually. <laughs> but um yeah, thank you everybody who has listened so far and everybody who has been sharing it. Thank you again, Melissa, for giving us a shout out. Make sure everyone heads over to her website and order some handmade soap. soaps. Yes, they are beautiful i plan on ordering some sometime in the near future you need to be clean and smell good so order the damn soap yeah and that's our murder period and in the wise words of stun a girl you got ass keep it clapping <laughs> like a standing <laughs> ovation